It's the basin of danger the basin of danger. Well, all right. something going in the background that I couldn't get to turn off, so I... Uh, <laughs> we were just talking about the same thing over here. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was a, like something I fell asleep watching on YouTube, and it, I opened the computer, and there it was. It just, just went, <laughs> went full blast. Yeah, Was it mastering like my... uh, underwater basket weaving? Um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was involving water, but it wasn't... <laughs> I mean, it was like a... Imagine you're floating on something or another. I'm not even sure what it was. All right. Like my, it's like my brain, you know. Uh, it, uh, all, all, all these tabs are open and there's music playing somewhere and I can't find it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's my computer most of the time. <laughs> I don't even use a computer anymore. Why not? Like I, I, I just use my phone. I do a lot of like graphic work and stuff on my computer. So stuff that I, I guess I'm just not savvy enough to do it on my phone. Yeah, I, I still do like video editing and Photoshop and stuff like that. It's still on a computer. I don't mess with that on the phone. I've tried on the phone, but it just seems it's, I don't know, my fat fingers and, you know, the screen's so small. Um, I can yeah, turn the video on if you want it on. No, it's cool. I mean, my phone's in my pocket, you know? Yeah. I'm just sitting there pacing around my, my, my driveway. Uh, I'm kind of surprised by that, Jay. You, you love to be seen. And seen. <laughs> <laughs> And heard. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, welcome to the Basin of Danger Noodles podcast. The, re- <laughs> the relaunch of the Basin of Danger Noodles podcast. Uh, we've been gone for about a year and a half, and we all, we've all had some stuff in our life that we had to take care of. And you know we we've all moved. We've uh, you know other things have happened, I and, and 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 now we're uh, and now we're back. Today's fan guest is Giovanni Solero. Say hi, Giovanni. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, and Gio. our and our special guest today is Matt Garcia, former bass player of Local H. Hello, Matt. Hello. Hello. Can you can you all hear me? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. I can hear you. Coming in clear. It's clear as crystal. As you can tell, Matt, we have no organization. We just go in like we're all friends talking about whatever we want to talk about. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm, I'm all for that rather than uh, mm-hmm. being very regimented. No formatted, yeah, Q&A. Uh, I mean, the only thing that, that uh, goes right with these things is uh, Anthony's editing. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going? I bet it's not done on a phone. You're right. You got it. Yeah, a lot of this will be chopped out in the final. You won't even notice. Yeah, it. yeah. Would <laughs> uh, like to tell us about uh, how the band got started? Yeah. Uh, so I had moved back from Madison, Wisconsin, after living up there for a while, and uh, a mutual friend of ours, of uh, mine and Scott's, uh, was like, "Hey, we should go check out what Scott's doing," and we ended up picking him up at his work when he was working at the, the uh, Dunes movie theater. And um, we were talking and stuff, and he had mentioned that he was in a band, and yada, yada, yada. And I, it, it, I was just kind of like, whatever. I just want to play. And I ended up joining what was then Rude Awakening. 
or whatever that project was called the big emotions thing like that tape was already recorded that whole thing was already done and i just came into the middle of it as uh the basis for a show that was coming up and i mean honestly I, it just wasn't what i wanted to do i did the one show and then i you know i kind of ghosted them i feel bad about doing it but it just you know i they had a show set up at a relatively bigger venue in Waukegan like the jam club where they had done some metal shows and stuff there and I you know they wanted me to play but I just never showed up Joe <laughs> called my mom's house and some other people had called uh looking for me and I just wasn't around <laughs> because I didn't want to do that so um it all kind of that that whole thing fizzled out and fell apart and then I joined up uh with Scott Joe and a guy named John and it wasn't local H at that point there was really no name we were playing pretty generic music again music that I didn't really want to play but I wanted to be in a band so uh, I just kind of stuck it out with the other three guys and um, we went out to play a show in Whitewater Wisconsin at the the college and the the name was kind of settled on right before that. Scott had a list of names and most of them sucked and I didn't have anything better to contribute. He <laughs> uh, was kind of just like, well, how about, you know, this local age? And I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, let's just, you know, whatever. We need a name. We're going to go play this show. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how it did. Um, it became that band. And then shortly after that, uh, John, the guitarist, ghosted us to uh, run off on Dead Tour. And, you know, I took that personally because John and I were friends. And I was like, what the fuck did, you know, homie left us just hanging. He didn't tell me he was going on Dead Tour, which I would have been fine with. You know, I don't have an issue with that at all. Um, but he took off and it was just the three of us. And we didn't really know what we were going to do at that point, I don't think. And then we got some shows again and we had figured out, you know, what we were kind of, kind of the, the direction we were going, which eventually came to be the scratch recordings. But I, I remember it was another Whitewater show that we were going to do. And uh, Joe was at school uh, in the drafting department and he and I made these posters that were really cool, you know, like blueprint machine stuff. Hell yeah. So we took three photos, like one of each of us that our friend Mike had taken, and just very simple lettering that said vocal age, like nothing fancy, just kind of typewriter lettering. And we did these blueprint sized posters that looked awesome for what they were. <laughs> you know, I really wish that I would have held on to one because they were, I don't know, they're really cool for the time period. We're talking 1990, 91, you know, so none of us look like rock stars or anything. They're kind of funny. My friend was like an artsy <laughs> photographer. So he uh, he took some, I, I just remember mine. I had this big, like old woven Mexican blanket on my bed. And he's like, why don't you wrap that around yourself? And, <laughs> you know, my hair was all like messy and growing out. And uh, he's like, it's perfect, it's perfect. And I forget what Joe's and Scott's photo looked like, but yeah. After that, you know, well, we actually we recorded the pop top 
in whatever the other song was. And then there was the uh, scratch stuff. So. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified because I was going to ask where we can get our hands on a blueprint poster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you ever see one, let me know because. Uh, <laughs> I w yeah, I don't even think that I had one personally. I do remember seeing one hanging up in a dorm room in Whitewater, and I was like, that's wild. I had that. You know? <laughs> like, wait, I'm in the band. I don't even have that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. And like you said, like right before the name was like created or selected before that first show in like Wisconsin, you said it uh, like, was it so new that like whatever show poster might've existed for that show, your name wasn't even on it? Or is uh, that even, no, was that it, even on your mind? <laughs> it, you know, I, I don't remember how they advertised it. I mean, because I, if memory serves me correct, we played Whitewater four times, and the, I, one or two of those were Earth Day shows. And um, I have a feeling that it, it, we had chosen Local H. I feel like it was the day that we were there, because I, I, I remember walking with Scott and him fiddling around in his coat and pulling out this list of names. But I mean, I could be confusing that with maybe he and I walking down the street somewhere in Zompton and, uh, you know, looking at the names. But he did have a list of names and one of them was absolutely horrendous. It was The Emotions. And I remember <laughs> that, that, that's not a name that um, we, any band should have unless you're from like 1956 or whatever and you know there's no like i'm not pointing my finger at him like oh look scott your band name sucked because like i said i had nothing better to come up with and um, <laughs> he was at least putting an effort into it whereas joe and i were just kind of like well i don't know i don't know, you know? i would say you didn't have any name in mind it was just that was all scott i mean i had i had names but they sounded more like like uh straight edge hardcore names um you know they weren't they, they sounded really tough or whatever and i mean come on what we were playing at that point was far from tough <laughs> <laughs> think about oil and water and then that that doesn't you know conjure up the image of a tough guy you know in a pit running around all sweaty and you know <laughs> punching somebody in the face or whatever you know? for no reason yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm emotions angry. would have been better for that <laughs> lack of emotion <laughs> so, that's not a bad name i guess uh lack of like emotion uh emotion sounds like something like who'd be you'd see opening for newfound glory or you know oh, God. simple yeah. plan <laughs> some emo oh, band wow. Yeah. yeah, but being like really, really straightforward with how emo they are, you know, yeah. call them the emotions. That would be wonderful. We're just letting you know we are. Yeah, emo before band. you, yeah, we're super, super emo. <laughs> I mean, the wind is brutal. Would be a lot better than that. <laughs> I still got to make those T-shirts. Uh, the, the, the wind is brutal is a fake band, and we're gonna make uh, shirts for it. And yeah. we're like, what is this? It's gonna have tour dates on the back of it and everything, and. <laughs> that, that also just sounds like a hardcore band from like a straight edge hardcore band from 92 or 91 even <laughs> yeah. well, like the, the, 
wind of change the, 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 Arizona. The, 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 the two were dates on the back are going to be like, you know, they're going to be playing some bum, bumblefuck city. And uh, it'll be like playing. It'll say we're playing the uh, the, the photo center at Walmart. And just obviously, if anyone believes it's a real shirt, then they might. That's really fucking funny, though. That's really fucking funny. (laughs) What were those? What were those little um, booths called back in the day uh, and parking lots that you drop your film off at? Photo mat. Photo mat. That's it. Um, We'll we'll be playing the local photo mat. Uh, funny thing about those is I always wanted a job working in one of those. I was I mean, like, yeah, I was gotta be an easy job. Well, plus you got to see people's pictures. I mean, I know you're not supposed to look at people's pictures, but those <laughs> people looked at people's pictures for real. And uh I don't know. I I thought it was so cool, this little like photo house that you drive up to and you know, yeah, it was photos off. It was like the farm store, but for film. I mean, that was a different time. Yeah. I mean, damn. When's, I mean, where where would you take the film to get done now? Uh, you can still take it to Walgreens. I mean, I live in Portland, so of course there's a photo store here, which, uh, Giovanni, you might be interested in going there at some point um, because they got a lot What's of really cool photos. Uh, I mean, photos, cameras, and film, and expired film that's cheap. Oh yeah, expired film gives cool looks though. If if it's not too far gone, even yeah. if it's too far gone, yeah. some crazy stuff can happen. Yeah, what's it what called? Oh, it's what? called Blue Moon. Yeah, Giovanni, I was telling you about the press camera that I almost bought there, like one of those old '40s press cameras. <laughs> Look at the camera, sir. <laughs> yeah. With the flash bulb, the explosion, yeah. the exploding bulbs. Yeah, they were super hot. <laughs> burn your hand oh i have a camera that used to take those kind of little bulby things uh it's a little, it's a little brownie like a kodak brownie yeah. from like it's gotta be a, a, the early 60s i think those brownies but, take cool photos i mean i've never used one um i don't know how to use it. i'm afraid to use film you're, you're talking about expired what? film we were in a uh a, in an abandoned lab or like, I don't even remember where this was. It was in, I think it was in Birmingham somewhere. Oh, it was, yeah, that was in Birmingham. It was like a factory and they had a lab and stuff. And we, yeah. we found a uh, Polaroid camera in there. And oh, cool. there's in there, so we started taking photos of it. And we got some pretty cool photos out of it, but the, but the film was way, probably way expired, like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, so it came with, like, we got some cool effects on the photos because of how expired the film was. It's pretty yeah. cool. That's a big yeah. thing now that everybody's into doing that, like, you know, uh, cooking the film, like the, I think it's called soup or something like that. And you dip the film before you expose it in different types of liquids. People use wine, uh, mm. salt water, um, beer, just random stuff. And then they go out and they shoot to see what they can get. So they're taking like quality photos, but then yeah. the effect whatever liquid they use, Damn. you know, oh, wow. the photo. Well, I, I have a friend that, that um, he recently bought a Holga 120 and um, he only shoots black and white. He develops it all himself. And he goes into like sketchy meth houses and uh, homeless camps 
and takes pictures of these people getting high, shooting up, whatever. But he dips the film in bleach. Like, what? Yeah. About Giovanni. And the effects, like, they're good photos to begin with. They're, you know, they're yeah. gritty photos, of course, but like the effect, the after effect is really cool. You know, I've talked about collaborating, like double exposing a role because with um, with the Holgas, you can reverse the... Uh, they can re-roll it, right? Yeah, you can re-roll yeah. the, the, the film and uh, start it over again. Oh, wow. Yeah, those things are like those like heavy plastic, almost metal. They feel like metal, but they're plastic, right? I think uh, they're like those boxy ones. Just plastic, yeah. yeah. Plastic, plastic lenses, and they give you like a dreamy kind of, you know, photo effect. I use a I use a fancy camera. It you know holds thousands and thousands of photos. Uh, like a shelf, like camera. a bookshelf. Call it call it a digital camera. It's got. It's got Mickey Mouse on it. What is this technology you speak of? <laughs> alien. alien technology. Feels like it sometimes when you when you haven't used it in a while. Yeah. You're like, what is this? Oh yeah, I got to push this button here and do this button there, and play with this little wheel. Yeah, I, uh, I took my Nikon out to the desert last week. And I kept meaning to use it, but I forgot it at the house when we went to the waterfalls. And then I was driving home. I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna stop and get some photos of um, the the Cascades from looking west at them, because I live on the west side, so I see a different view." But of course, that day it was super hazy, and everything looked kind of brown because it was you know almost a hundred and. Mm-hmm. Uh, traffic and whatever even though the this is out in the middle of nowhere i was on a reservation actually when i was going to stop but i was like you know fuck it i'm just gonna excuse me i'm just gonna what kind of uh it's not a digital camera no it is the nikon is a digital it's a d7500 i saved up money for a couple years to buy one Uh, that's a full frame right yeah yes it's it's super sharp and those pictures don't like some of the the color that it picks up don't look real. Yeah. Like people think that I've altered some of the images that I've taken. I'm like, no, this is a raw photo. It's just a really nice camera. Yeah, full frame cameras, there's you can't beat it. Can you can you edit on the camera? I can do some editing on the camera. Um I haven't really messed around with it too much. I mean, I got it and then the pandemic kind of happened and I didn't really go out. So now I'm starting to like screw around with it more and, you know, work with it. I mean, I had a D80 prior to that, so I know how to use a camera, but yeah. What what are you shooting with now, Giovanni? Uh, I'm still using my iPhone, but I have a a Nikon D810, I believe. Um, But I haven't really taken that out that much. Um, Just planning to go shoot because sometimes I don't know when I'm going to go shoot so um, I don't always carry it with me you know in the car yeah I mean and that's not something you want to leave in the car especially in the heat (laughs) no no Um, so your photos of uh, all your your flowers and your plants and your yard is that from the Nikon or is that from your phone 
Uh, it's a mix. Some are from the Nikon. Some are, are just from my phone. Yeah. I try if I'm gonna if I'm going out there specifically to try and catch bees, doing whatever it is yeah. doing. Um, I try to take the Nikon out there because it's just a sharper focus. You know, it, it, yeah. it just gets more detail, and I like to see you know a bee's hairy butt. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you do, are you doing like macro at all, like to get the bee's hairy butt or? Uh, no, I'm just using one of the, uh, the the kit lenses. I I would like a macro, but I'm also, I've been looking at wide angles and um, yeah. I've also been looking at one, four lenses just because I go to, I, well, I was going to a lot of shows and I used to take a lot of photos, but um uh, using a standard lens, I, I wasn't able to get the shots that I needed without a flash mm. and have them be, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to say clear. They'd be either really grainy or the shutter would stay open too long. And yeah. then you, you get the streaks and the blurs, which is also cool. I mean, I've had bands use photos that I've taken of them like that, but um, I would like a one four lens just so I can, take some nicer shots in darker environments and also you know they're good portrait lenses so if i want to take pictures of people's faces or you know family or whatever i can do that my cats yeah yeah you got uh, shannon you got the 50 mil uh gold series right oh my god that thing takes that thing is awesome that thing is that thing is it's so great for it, yeah it's so great for portraits um, and I'm yeah. very rusty. I haven't gone out and taken any photos in a long, long time. But the 50 is um, just awesome for portraits and, uh, you know, people, you know, portraits of your dog. You know, it's wonderful for, you know, if you want to do flowers and stuff like that, it's wonderful for that as well. Wonderful for details and get that great bouquet. And it's, it's wonderful. It's all about the bouquet. Bouquet! <laughs> uh, Jay's muted. I don't, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, what was what was that noise? It's like something weird was going on back there. I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, supernatural stuff, paranormal <laughs> stuff. Is that better now? And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Um, the um, my uh, fifty millimeter lens is uh, the the Mickey Mouse brand. It's like it feels like a fucking toy. Yeah, the plastic one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can, you can fit it in your back pocket, and you you forget it's there, and you sit down. <laughs> um, but me and Anthony, we live by twenty four lenses. Like, that's the the pancake is the pancake. Yeah, twenty four mil. Yeah. Can, yeah. Can you can y'all hear me now? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I walked into a dead zone in my yard. I got the, one the, um, in my basement. Is, it, is your basement called the dead zone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where all but, my but, uh, label stuff is. So, lots of dead <laughs> stuff there. Oh no! <laughs> but local H really missed a, a chance to name their band uh, a bee's hairy butt, though. Yeah. <laughs> it should. Yeah. I mean, maybe that'll be the next record. Yeah. <laughs> God will listen to me and uh, call uh -huh. the bee's hairy butt. Oh, that'd be funny. That'd be funny. So, had you known Scott and Joe like for a long, long time before you were in the band with them? Um, I met Scott in seventh grade. Okay. So that's what 81, 82, 1981, 82. Uh, we weren't, I, I'm not going to say that Scott and I were friends. We just knew each other through 
classmates and we had i think we had pe together in eighth grade i think mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure that that was we he and i had gym class in eighth grade and we also had it in uh sometime in high school i know that i remember that because scott's dad gave he and i a ride at seven in the morning because both of us were about to fail pe for not running the mile <laughs> for not yeah name on your shirt yeah that yeah <laughs> no that was a different uh different gym a uh, different school but um yeah we're gonna fail pe and uh mr nicholas the gym teacher with uh gin blossoms all over his nose he he was like you gotta come in tomorrow morning and you got you guys are gonna run this mile in under like eight minutes and 30 seconds or whatever ridiculous uh, number he decided for us and um, Scott's dad gave him and I a, a ride to school that morning so we could go be tormented by this bully teacher that he was. He was a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, when I, when I cut my long hair off and into a mohawk and came to school that day, I had left my uniform for Jim at home to get washed. I don't know why, because I never did anything. So it wasn't like it was dirty, but um, he saw my haircut. And the first thing that the gym teacher said to me, he's like, oh, well, I guess you didn't dress yesterday because you were saving up all that energy to get that stupid haircut. Oh, God. So wow. that's like, that, yeah, that's the kind of gym teacher uh, I dealt with in, uh, and I had him two years in a row. It was horrible. Oof. Did you get under 830 though? I did. And I have asthma. And it, oh, I, I just really pushed myself. But yeah, so I did know Scott from seventh grade. And then we didn't really talk much in like through up until our junior year. Like mm-hmm. we weren't, we didn't run with the same people. Uh, you know, I, I hung out with a lot of the burnouts, the potheads, whatever, some of the skaters. And uh, dude, same. He had his <laughs> own friends, you know, he, um, I don't, I, the people that he hung out with, I still, they don't register with me now, like what their names would even be or mm. if I saw them, but um, we, we, I didn't know Joe until I started playing with Joe. I mean, I knew that he was on the gym, uh, the gym team for the Olympics or something or not the Olympics, but went to Australia or something when we were in high school. I remember that because he was friends with a family friend of mine, uh, uh, that used to come around my, uh, my aunt's house a lot. So yeah, sorry, that took me a really long time to answer that question. No, that's okay. <laughs> I just like to give some context to it, you know, um, so yeah. people know that, I don't know, I guess what I'm saying is true. <laughs> I back, back it up when, with facts. <laughs> yeah. Back when I was in high school, we uh, had had like the whole hour to run the mile. And you got I mean, the they made us do it. They made us run around an hour. The school. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever yeah. long, however long your period was. Yeah. They like run a mile. And they're like, okay. <laughs> most people, really? most pe- yeah. Most people walked it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, 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 when I got around the backside of the, of the, the football stadium, you lit a cigarette. I, 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 I was standing right there and, and smoke a cigarette. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. I mean, oh why, why, why waste a perfect opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Oh, jeez. I remember being the last one. Like, we weren't given an hour. We were told to do it, you know, mm-hmm. around the track or whatever. So there's nowhere to hide. Right. I remember being the last one. Like, it was so fucking embarrassing. Like, I could walk all day. I could walk 10 miles in a day. No problem. I can't fucking run yeah. to save my life. <laughs> I'm not running no unless run. something's chasing me. Exactly. <laughs> and even if, if something's chasing me, I might I might still walk it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, if it's so, gonna get me, it's gonna get me. Um, <laughs> or just uh, or go hide somewhere, you know. Okay, I have a, a mild story from school. Uh yeah. I had just started uh I switched schools and they used to, you know, run during PE. It was eighth grade. My first day didn't even have um PE clothes or anything like that. So I'm wearing like a t-shirt, jeans, and for whatever reason, I'm wearing um, top siders, very top siders. So I have to run the mile. Oh my God. I was, I was into running, so it was not, not a big deal. So the, the whole field, like the school field was half a mile. So you just ran around it twice and, and I ran it in five minutes and nine seconds, just Oh, and the and good. the coach looked at me and he's like, "Humble brag, you're wearing that, and you just ran a 509. Are you part of like the track team from your previous school? You know things like that." And I had never thought about running track or anything like that. I just thought it was fun to run. So did, it. You jo- did you join the track team after that? Did they recruit you or no? Because I didn't really. It wasn't something i wanted to do i wasn't very athletic like that i'd come from a very athletic family but i didn't i didn't do anything like that it wasn't something i was interested in i mean you might have had a natural talent for it but you just weren't interested in it yeah the whole competitive thing yeah it just it, it was it was fun to run and you know pass people and things like that that competitive part of it but to actually compete you know in an organized thing it just wasn't appealing to me. Yeah. I don't know if it's Until later. Then, then you, you know, I grew old, I got older and then it became more fun to do. <laughs> I believe it's jogging or jogging. It might be a soft J. I'm not sure, but apparently you just run. Your story reminds me of, a uh, when I switched from schools from Zion to Waukegan, I didn't have a Waukegan uniform and I had the Zion gym uniform and the asshole teacher that was the, the coach that I ended up having for the class said that I was not allowed to wear a uniform from a uh, competitive school, like a competing school, which is, I mean, come on, seriously, dude. So there I was getting in line for dodgeball, which I absolutely hated, <laughs> but there I was in a flannel shirt, a t-shirt, jeans, and combat boots because they wouldn't let me wear the Zion gym clothes, but I still had to participate. I was forced to participate and in combat boots. Mm -hmm. But the the funniest thing was there was an asshole alderman that was also a driver's ed teacher at that school and everybody hated him. And in the chaos of dodgeball, this guy comes in and somebody intentionally whipped the ball into the uh, alderman driver ed teacher's face. Oh no! Boy, the the entire 
room of guys just busted up laughing. I mean, you know, it was a smaller room <laughs> off the gymnasium with, that had a mat floor and everything. And uh, it was just funny to see that this guy had a super shitty reputation as it was. But then to see him get whacked with a ball in the face was just the funniest <laughs> thing in the world to me. I couldn't stop laughing. You know, the guy's pissed. He's like, who, who the fuck threw that? Like, you know, he's he's a teacher. He lost control completely with swearing and yeah. mad and couldn't have happened to a, a nicer guy, though. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's nothing better than that dodgeball. Sound. I can still smell the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that teacher still smells that ball. <laughs> I, I hope he does. He could, he couldn't watch he couldn't watch the movie Dodgeball. <laughs> Am I wrong in that there are different color dodgeballs? Because I, I know that there's red, but I could swear I've seen yellow and purple and blue. Yeah, they have different yeah. meanings. Or oh, I don't know if that. Yeah, I don't know about it. This was ten points. Know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe uh, color. Uh, was meant the size between that or like team maybe a team color yeah oh oh i think we lost shannon uh-oh if you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball <laughs> <laughs> you got uh, go ahead and continue i'm gonna try to get shannon back in here i don't think so, we man, play, i don't think we played dodgeball in high school or maybe i maybe i didn't show up that day but go ahead giovanni Oh, no, I was just thinking um, the whole combat boots and everything like that. Um, like, I don't know. It just, it, 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 it fits like, you know, how, you know, you describe yourself looking and everything like that. And it's just, it's, uh, it's funny that they're like, no, rather you wear all this uncomfortable, you know, regular clothes than just, you know, wear the other school's uniform inside out or whatever. Mm-hmm. I get really mad. Like you had this whole uh, full-on school pride for your previous school. Yeah, which I didn't, though. That was the whole thing. And, you know, luckily my cousin graduated early. He graduated a year and a half early because he's super smart. And uh, his last name was similar to mine. His last name is Galicia. So it said Galicia. He, he, you know, of course he did it in like old English letters or whatever, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it said Galicia on the front. And so he was just like, here, take my uniform. They'll never notice that it's not Garcia, it's Galicia. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. How so I was like, cool. And I did get away with it until I got pneumonia and uh, was excused by the doctor. For the remainder of the year, he was like, you should not be doing anything related to uh, physical activity until for the next couple months, because I did have I was really sick and I had pneumonia and nothing's worse than having a bad cold like that in the spring, unless it's summertime and asthma. (laughs) Yeah, and asthma. And that teacher was so angry that I got that that, um, that excuse for the the year that he's like you still have to wear the uniform every day you have to dress and you have to walk like they were swimming at that point he 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 said you have to walk around the pool and every time you get to one end you have to do 10 push-ups then walk to the other side and then do 10 push-ups 
And he's what? like, if you don't do that, I'm going to fail you. And I was like, I have uh, an excuse to not be doing this at all. And um, you're still going to try and enforce this. And he's like, I can do this because you're in my class. And if you don't, I'm going to fail you and you will not graduate. And I'll see you in summer school. And you will participate in summer school. So, I mean, I just, it got to the point where I just stopped going to the gym class altogether. I would just sneak into the library and uh, not, not worry about it. And sure enough, he tried to fail me at the end of the year. And I took my case to the, uh, my counselor and to the nurse. And they were both like, he had a legitimate reason to not be there. You know, you could have had him writing reports on physical activity or whatever, and you chose to do this. You can't fail him. So I, I, I did get away with after that. But I mean, you know, gym teachers, it's very rarely do you find a, a PE teacher that's actually a decent person. In, in, in my experience, I should say. Yeah, pride is a hell of a drug. I mean, my gym teacher was the, the football coach. And oh, so he was... Okay. He, he, he was he was loved by everybody though he was an ex nfl player and just so he was he was he was he was a good, a good guy i didn't have to he's the, like the only teacher i didn't have to bribe uh to pass the class <laughs> <laughs> oh for me to graduate i was failing every class i started acting out in class and and i i would teach her at the end of the year and be like all right here's the deal you want me back in your class next year Absolutely not. I'll give you a 70. <laughs> they don't want to deal with Jay. <laughs> Lucky you, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, they all knew I, I was smoking weed in school. They knew I was smoking cigarettes in school. Uh, I, I would just, I'd be like, oh, my contact's messing up. I need to go to the bathroom. And then I, they're like, go smoke. <laughs> and I mean, this is like 1997 to 1999. And so you, you couldn't smoke in school back then. No, you can't smoke. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, I, mean, I did smoke in school, though. At, yeah. uh, my senior year in, in Waukegan, if you were 18, year olds, 18 years old and had permission from your parents, there was an area where you could smoke. Oh, wow. they, they, tried to, they tried to pull that on me, though. They were like, you don't have a clip because your ID would have a clip on it so you could clip it to your coat when you were smoking. Mm. And I didn't have a clip and the, there was a lady that tried to stop me from smoking and because I didn't have a clip. And I was like, lady, I'm 18 years old. I don't live at home. Um, I don't have a parent to go ask if it's okay for me to smoke because it doesn't matter. I'm buying my own cigarettes, which is, by the way, legal for an 18 year old. Right. So I, I said, I'm legal for everything but smoking right here. <laughs> and, you know, she kind of just threw her hands up in the air with me and walked away, you know, but yeah, I mean, some schools you could smoke at that time in, in mm -hmm. the eighties. I mean, that was 1988. So. Well, even for me, like when I, when I got out of high school, I went to a, I guess a vocational school do like web design, graphic design, but it was still a County school. And it was the weirdest thing to me, like smoking cigarettes with my teacher. <laughs> I like sitting out on this balcony of the, of like the, breezeway or terrace or whatever or courtyard and we're like i'm smoking cigarettes with my teacher that was the weirdest thing i was like i'm not getting in trouble right now and they're like you're a 
grown ass man. Why would you get in trouble? <laughs> like, I don't know. It was weird. But then there's a sign exclusively right there. It's like, no smoking in government building bathrooms. I'm like, okay, so I'll just, I could stand next to the bathroom at a government building and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> okay. Don't you dare take that in there to take a leak. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think this is? A concert venue? Dude, I, I, I'd be outside. The, I'd be outside the bathroom smoking a cigarette, and, and they'd be like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I'd be like, "Read the sign, punk." <laughs> yeah, I can't smoke in there. <laughs> Doesn't say I can't smoke out here. Man, I don't even remember when you could smoke in grocery stores. I remember what? Yeah, no. I mean, that was, back in the eighties, you could. I don't remember. I don't remember it though. A funny story you about smoke that. Everywhere. Yeah, like when I I used to work for um, you you guys Matt and Gio probably don't know work for a company called Publix is a southeastern grocery chain, but uh, I used to be a part of the reset team where you go to these older stores and then be going through a remodel. You pull out all the old shelving and all that other stuff. Man, I tell you, like some of these stores from the eighties, seventies, and eighties, you pull these shelves off, they would basically like pop off the back wall because of the nicotine that just held it together like glue like these oh. these shelves were like yellow man this is like just ripping them off the back the back rooms like the literally the size of like a standard like i don't know half bath mm. were like these little back break rooms that were the smoking rooms the walls were like this weird green i thought it was the color of the walls turns out that was nicotine like it was oh like it was <laughs> such weird days of the grocery store man like oh, i wasn't a part of that i guess <laughs> Nothing's nothing's more grosser than the fucking <laughs> the nicotine at, at Starbucks. Well, no, not anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, but you know, back in the day, the, the ceiling was just like brown, uh, or it was black, but you could see the brown on it. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, dude, this place hasn't been fucking cleaned in like since it, it opened. Well, the freaking disco ball barely reflected. <laughs> oh, <boy>. That's dirty. <laughs> That's a dirty ball. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't add an S to the end of that one. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know my medical history. <laughs> I think we're about to find out. So moving on. Uh, <laughs> we're not. We're not talking about Matt's dirty balls anymore. So, yeah, um, or the the, oh the, the, the the furry butts. <laughs> <laughs> Furry bee butts and dirty balls, they all go hand in hand. <laughs> the, 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 the summary from this podcast is going to be fucking outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> Bees, I know, I, hairy sorry. butts, Matt's dirty balls. <laughs> sorry, guys, I can't keep on track. <laughs> uh, we, we're, we, we all have ADD, so it's cool. Uh, I think this one will be called Dirty Balls and the Furry Bee Butts. <laughs> I'm, I'm with it. Maybe that's what the band should have been called. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to picture a logo for it right now. I, ha- I have your email. I'll send you my mock-ups. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's funny. So, what was it? What was it like? Uh, how bad was it living in the in Zion? I hated Zion. Why? It's also I, funny I, I, that we're the only people on the planet that call it Zion. Like with an E. Yeah. And not yeah. Zion. Yeah. Uh, even Bob Marley pronounces it Zion, but not us. Or he pronounced it, I should say. Uh, Zion. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was um, Zion is a weird place. Um, Still I a weird there. place. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it is. It was a religious city, or not even city. I mean, because it was never a city, but it was a religious town. And um, I moved there from North Chicago, and where I lived was truly a mix of, you know, different people from different countries. Um, you know, the, the neighborhood that I lived in had been predominantly Yugoslavian and Czechoslovakian. At that time, it was changing. There were a lot of uh, Black families living around there, as well as uh, Mexicans and Puerto Ricans and, uh, you know, kids from, there were some kids from Central America. Uh, there were some Asian kids. Some of my friends that I played with a lot were that lived down the street, they were uh, Korean. So when I got to Zion, it was a very, it was a very different place because it was like white kids and black kids. And there was a lot of separation even then, like in neighborhoods uh, mm. that were predominantly white. And then there were areas that were predominantly black. And I, you know, my sister and I were just kind of outcasts you know, kind of because we were the only two with with our last name, and uh, it was just a—I don't know—it was it was kind of a culture shock. I didn't know it at the time as being that. Mm -hmm. I just knew that it was it was very different because you know, where are my friends wanting me go? Where are they at? You know, mm -hmm. I I you know didn't have people that were like us and. You know, I experienced racism early on there, not to like pull out a racism card or a race card or whatever, but you know, I, you know, there were words that I never knew, you know, slurs about people that I'd never heard before until I moved to Zion. And, mm. you know, people called my dad a wetback or whatever, you know, stuff like that yeah. was pretty, pretty common when I was a kid. And so I, you know, it, growing up, I just was kind of, uh, I tried to make myself as Caucasian as possible, if that makes sense to you guys, you know, like mm -hmm. tried to try, just did my best to blend in. Right. But I, yeah. I, I hated it there. I really, you know, there was, I, I didn't have a lot of friends. I, every chance I got to go to Waukegan, I went because I felt more at home there. It was just a, a, a Waukegan was very mixed uh, racially, but it was also just, it wasn't Zion. Zion was weird. You know, it, the people were weird. They were stuck in, and still are stuck. Like a lot of people are still like very nostalgic for the fifties there. Mm. And when, um, you know, when I was growing up, Zion had a parade every year. I forget what time of the year it was, but it was called nostalgia days. And it was oh, no. just very 50 centric, the whole thing. You know, it's 50th century and uh, or, or, or 50s, you know, uh, and uh, Zion, the towel. I think he's, he's I'm sure I think he's losing the signal, but I think the towel thing in the in that pizza shop, that weird, like continuous. towel oh, thing. yeah. Oh, like those bizarre. Old gas station towels. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen one of those in probably 20 years. It was in that pizza restaurant in Zion. That's right. It was like so unsanitary. Yes. I can't believe this is still here. It was crazy. Zion. Yeah, I might have even taken a picture of it just because I was like, I haven't seen one of these. Yeah, it's in crazy. ages. Did you smell it, Giovanni? <laughs> 
I taste no it. <laughs> it tastes like my lord. <laughs> that's that's how they make my lord. They they, they they just squeeze that and get all and get all the juice out of it and collect it and bottle it and and, and sell and sell it back to you, uh, the people in Chicago. When so, so I gross. Remember, the lady remembered uh, you guys. She was the owner. I forget what her name was. She remembered local but, age. Yeah, she remembered Joe. She remembered Scott. Um, and probably gay because I never ate there, which is the honest to God truth. I have never gone into that place and bought a pizza. There may have been a few times where my mom and her husband bought pizza and had it and went and picked it up or delivered it. But honestly, when I, what I remember when we had pizza at my house, it was from a place called Lupo's that's not in the area anymore it was on it was on a road the road that divided waukegan from the township i don't even know if it's a township the community of beach park beach park was like zion light because it was so close to waukegan you can't even tell the difference between the two mm. but yeah i pizza house is like i i see local h bands want to go there like mecca or whatever but i there's nothing that i can tell you about it other than um we would practice and uh, me gabe and scott gabe and i went to the the taco bell and zion a lot but uh gabe scott and i went there a few times and joe would go to pizza house and then come strutting into pizza or to taco bell with his italian beef sandwich and be eating that in the Taco Bell restaurant <laughs> while we're all just eating burritos. So that was kind of funny. I couldn't believe that, that he had the audacity to do something. Like <laughs> then again, I mean, it was Zion. What a Taco Bell employee is going to do? Tell you, oh, you can't eat that sandwich in here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I'm I mean, working at Taco Bell. I don't fucking care. I mean, they're making like $4 an hour back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that, I mean, that was what, that's 1991, 92. They were lucky if they were making that much. Yeah. Like, <laughs> shit, can I have a bite? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can't afford to eat. So. Yeah. I don't even eat the shit we make. Can I have some of that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Taco like, Bell was a lot better back then than it is now. It was 59 cents, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that 59 cent Cholito. Ooh. I never had one of those, but oh. the 59 cent bean burrito hit. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I needed was two of those and a Dr. Pepper, and I was... I was in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't have, I don't have stomach issues, so... Not here either, man. And I, now, now we know how Matt got his dirty balls. That's right. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. Filthy. God, uh, I, I've never had a problem with Taco Bell either. Like uh, Waffle House, I can eat. We have, we have a restaurant called. That's a that's greasy. Um, it's a scene, isn't it? Yeah, it's the hibachi of the South, man. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an institution. Yeah, it's a cultural institution. If you go into a Waffle House and their health inspection is a ninety or above, don't eat there. <laughs> Get, get, get the fuck out. Get the hell out of there. It needs to be 89 or less. And if you don't pull up there and there isn't the cook smoking a cigarette, you don't want to yeah, eat there. Exactly. That's the best. Yeah. When you pull up and you uh, see the cook is smoking, he's like, I'll be with you in a second. Let me finish this cigarette. You know the food's going to hit. Yeah. You, you want your cook to have a felony. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
because oh, he, he, he doesn't know when he's going. He, he doesn't know when he's going back in. He's gonna make yeah, that food extra yeah. great. He's, he's extra putting his soul he's, into it. He's also like the nicest guy on the planet. Right. But like, if you fuck with him, he will kill you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Half the time you walk in there, the, the cooks, you know, just scrambling your eggs with his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like, how are you not burning yourself, cook? Oh man. Mm. It's, it's a whole place. it's a whole experience. If, if you if, get the if, chance, if, please go. If they give you a dirty fir- fork, don't ask for a clean one because they're just going to bring you a dirtier one. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying that this episode sponsored by Waffle House. Yeah, we we're trying really hard to get Waffle House to be a sponsor. If you couldn't tell, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they might do it. I mean, what have we I mean, said that's objectionable? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'd rather get the Claremont Lounge to sponsor us. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt, you ever heard of the Claremont? Yeah, it's the Regal Beagle. The what? I, I, that's funny, Giovanni. I had a neighborhood bar when I lived in Waukegan before I left uh, Illinois for good. And uh, we used to call this little bar the Regal Beagle. It, it was not the Regal Beagle by any means. It was kind of a little dive. No. It was pretty awesome. And uh, my neighbor, who they found dead in his house, uh, he was a crazy Vietnam vet and he had no heat. So the Regal Beagle used to let him sleep behind the bar at night because he was an alcoholic, like a raging alcoholic and didn't take care of his house, didn't take care of himself, but he would clean the bar for them so he could sleep there at night because there was no heat. And then he stopped showing up one day. And then I saw a, a ambulance next to the house. And um, my roommate went over to the Beagle and she was talking to the bartender. And she's like, hey, I haven't seen Eddie around lately. And they're like, oh, you didn't know? They found him dead in his house a couple of days ago. Didn't mean to take that, make that story dark it was just that's what i think of when i think of the regal beagle not uh chrissy snow and janet and jack yeah uh jay why don't you uh lighten up with what the claremont is the claremont uh it's a strip club but it's uh got its own knack it is a retirement home for strippers it is where the strippers go to die wonderful and you, you you might see a 60 year old lady dancing around you know, on the pole, you, you might see a, a younger lady. You never know. Wait, is um, this super real? Are you, are you, are you pulling my leg right? This now? is not Jay being Jay. This is no, this Atlanta is real. Also, yeah, it is wonderful. It is, is it, it really is a, a magical they can, wonderland. They can go and live and no, 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 no that part. <laughs> <is fake. laughs> it's, it's, it's just what it's nicknamed the, the retirement home for home for strippers. So it's just older it's, women that get down. Yeah. 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 It's basically just a dive bar with your non it's non-traditional strippers. And it's in the basement of this old um hotel uh in Atlanta. And it is wonderful. It's so great. Yeah. I mean uh famous people go there all the time. Mick Jagger was just in town and surprisingly he went there. I mean he's he, he those those ladies are uh his age. I was going to say, they're younger. <laughs> no, actually, actually, no. Yeah, he likes the woman younger, so a 60-year-old lady might be uh, just what he's looking for. Oh. There was there was a woman who works there who would crush beer cans with her breasts. Very famous. What? How was that? Whoa. I mean... I'm, I'm interested now. <laughs> it's great. 
I mean, would she just like use her chest muscles to squeeze it, or did she put her hands on each side and squeeze? Or I don't want you don't have to be too graphic. I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) I guess she would use. No, she must have put her her hands. Yeah, used her hands and squeezed. She, she would uh she would get, get give the can a little crumple i think yeah and yeah that, yeah and does it make it make it go easier but uh yeah that's her that's her that's that was her niche is she is she still there i i yeah i imagine so her she sent me a can <laughs> she sent you a can okay she, she sent you a can <laughs> <laughs> yeah G- geo's got his own his own souvenirs from atlanta like <laughs> Crush can collection. Wow. Yeah. And, and she did it. And, and it's, your, it's your favorite beer, uh, Matt, that, that she crushes. Oh, hell no. Fucking PBR. Hell no. That's, <laughs> that's a hard so pass that, right there. That, that's What's the main PBR? beer. I can't drink it. Well, it's headache water. Yeah. I mean, is it is it even water? I mean, I don't. <laughs> it's 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 only legal in the U.S. That's how bad it is. Seriously, I don't. I mean, no, I don't know. I don't. It's just it, it's it just not be good. Legal at all? It's gross. It's. I just recently saw chocolate PBR, and I was like, "What the fuck are these people thinking?" Yeah, I think like, they came I out with a stout PBR. too. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't shitty enough as it was, so they had to add chocolate to it to make it like swallowable. I don't know. I, I was telling uh, Jay that I had a friend that uh, he only drinks PBR, and yeah. um, not to make things political or whatever, but I know that they had contributed to the uh, Trump campaign at some point. And- <sighs> My friend was like, oh, we were at a show, and I was like, you want a beer? I'm going to go get a beer. I said, I'm going to get get a Tecate. Do you want, what do you want? Do you want a PBR? I'll get it for you. And he's like, no, I'm not buying from them right now because there's a boycott on them. It was something Trump-related. but I didn't know that. Then he went back to drinking it, and I was like, dude, if you're going to spend the, the, the money, the same amount of money you can get a Tecate, which is you know, slightly better than uh, PBR, and it's not PBR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I, I told Jay that you know, if somebody offers me a beer and they pull out a PBR, I just I don't care if I hurt their feelings anymore. I'm just like, nope, I I don't partake. Just like yeah. I don't partake in old style either. Fuck this. Old style is gross, man. Oh, I, I I don't know. I, I had one uh, last year before local eight show at the Metro and. We were, we were at, over at G-Man, and I was like, I was like, I'll, I'll, let me try one of these old styles. And, and I was like, I, I drank it, I drank it, but I was like, I don't ever put that in my body again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it tastes like shit. I had to, the last time I bought a six-pack of old style was because it was four in the morning, and we, we were on the uh, west side of Chicago and at a party, and you know the liquor store the the bar was open they had a packing like a package department so all they had was old style so i bought a six pack of old style but in my backpack i also had uh the stuff called limon which is just a salt a lime flavored salt and i i was just pouring lime flavored salt into every can that i opened because <laughs> that's the only way i could get the old style to go down was to like put uh lime salt in it because it's horrible yeah so scott used to carry around his hot sauce you used to carry around your 
your your lime salt. What uh, what did Joe used to carry around? <laughs> uh, food wise, he carried around the Pizza House Italian. Just <laughs> 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 always had one in his back pocket. Yeah, pull one out at any given time. <laughs> y'all, y'all be using the, the using the urinals at a show, and then all of a sudden you just see him pull out a fucking. A, a hot Italian and start, <laughs> start eating in the toilet. Oh, we heard, no, we heard, we heard no, it slip no. out and hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he's like, "Ooh, five second rule." Oh no, God! Oh, and, it's, and it's the, it's the CBGB's bathroom. Oh God! Like Any the bedroom. No. Yeah, I mean, we we, we got a, a few bars here in Atlanta, uh, our clubs that I, I want to burn my shoes after I go in that bathroom. Star <laughs> Bar, uh, the Earl. Yeah. Uh, yes. masquerade and, and the masquerade bathroom is, is fairly clean. I'll say, even the new masquerade, it's like, what happened? It's brand new, <laughs> and it, it, it just it has it reeks of old beer piss. Yeah, oh god, <laughs> it was like the, we were the first ones in there. Uh, when the doors opened, and I wanted to go take a piss before I got in my spot, and I was like, whoa. God, this place is going to shit, man. But like it's, I, really ma- I mean, Masquerade's a good venue, but like it's just a, a, the bathrooms, though. Ew. We had a cool venue here that was called Plan B, and uh, they their bathroom was one of those where when you walked in to the men's room, you had to hold your breath because it was just straight ammonia piss smell. Yeah. Now, the, the people from Relapse bought into it. I don't know if you guys know Relapse Records, but um, they moved yeah, so They moved here to Portland. At least one of the guys did. And they kind of took that, that bar over and changed it. It's uh, I think it's called the White Owls Social Club. And they've done some pretty cool shows there. I've seen, like, Yob play in the open back area. You know, it's it, it went from being just like a kind of crappy bar. Now it's pretty fancy and not somewhere that i would go but unless i really wanted to see that band but i i don't remember if they were able to fix that stench that came from the men's room or not <laughs> it was pretty oh it's in the it's in the walls dude it's in the paint you can paint over it but you have a new paint smell that has that that that, that faint odor of uh nasty i mean you can go there with a, with a pressure washer and can help I mean, like, at some ew. point, you just got to, like, take the, the tiles off the floor. You have to, like, redo the entire floor. Yeah, good job. And that's still probably one. It's, it's, it's soaked into the, the, the concrete, you know, uh, underneath. I mean, yeah, I was a janitor at a high school, and I the, there was no amount of bleach that fixed the boys' locker room. Like, I would mop with straight bleach in, in the toilet areas, and still... I'd come back two hours later and that odor would be back. So Nothing beats the old or- orange bowl down in Miami where the male bathroom was just a trough. Cool. Yeah. yeah. A big big steel bin. Yeah. <laughs> University of Las Vegas has one of those. Oof. I was on acid and uh, I had to pee and I went into their, the men's room and didn't realize it was a trough until I got there. And I it was my turn. I, you know, I looked both ways and I I could see every guy five feet either way pissing. And I just, it was, it was too much for me to handle. So I just went to the stall because I couldn't do it. And uh, just a a bizarre concept that, you know, we're supposed to be able to just like 
whip it out and piss in front of each other like it's no big deal. I was going to ask him how long he's lived in Portland, but if you guys want to continue talking about piss, feel <laughs> free. No, that's okay. Um, I've, been here, I, I've been here for 22 years. Oh, wow. 22 okay. years next month, actually. At the end of August will be 22 years. And I didn't plan oh. on being in Portland. Yeah. I just kind of ended up here. I had been on the road for roughly three months, living out of my car and uh, a tent and the occasional hotel room where friends were. Just tripping or what? Uh, yeah, I just, um, I was tired of being in Illinois. I knew that it was time to get out. So I were, I rented, a, I left the house that I had been living in for three years and moved into a small room at a friend's house, paid $100 a month to her mom for the bedroom. And just, I, all I, I didn't go to shows. I didn't hang out. I didn't do anything. I worked crazy overtime. Every time there was overtime, I worked. Um, there were times where I didn't have days off for, you know, in a month because I just worked as much as I could to get the hell out of Illinois. And I had a friend that had never been west of Chicago. So I was like, hey, check it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be leaving. I don't know what your work situation is like, but I'm gonna go just wander for a while. I'm gonna go to all the places I went to as a kid and maybe some places I've never been if you wanna come with. And he was like, wait, you're gonna go like, you're gonna go on, on a national park tour? You wanna do that? And I was like, if that's what you wanna do, let's do this. So like he met me in Chicago and I had this 96 Saturn sports coupe <laughs> and uh, you know, this, this guy's over six feet tall. So, but we managed to fit both he and I, two coolers, two big backpacks and uh, some tapes because my car didn't have a CD player. And uh, we just got in my car and he was like, you know, do you have any idea where we're going? And I was like, oh yeah, you've never been to all these places. So we're going to go to all these places. And that's what we did. We just drove from, we drove from Waukegan to uh, Wall, South Dakota one day and uh, just started the adventure there, just went everywhere. I, I knew that eventually that I wanted to be in, I, my, my plan was to have been in Eugene, Oregon, but when I got there, I just didn't really feel it anymore. It wasn't what mm -hmm. I wanted. It kind of felt just too small town for me, even though there's a university there, uh, the library, the, the public library that I had passed that day, didn't seem any bigger than the one in Waukegan. And I was like, God, I feel like I'm just moving back to Waukegan here. Mm. And uh, I was like, I don't know what you want to do, but I think I'm going to go back to New Mexico because if I'm going to be in a small, like nowhere kind of town, I want it to be in, you know, I want it to be in the desert, but not Phoenix. Sorry, Giovanni, no offense <laughs> to you about that. But I, I've been in Phoenix already for a week and, you know, the pollution combined with like how fast it had grown from when I lived there. It just wasn't where I wanted to be. And uh, I was Wait, really I'm sorry, what were you doing? I'm sorry, what were you doing in Phoenix? I was, I had friends there. Yeah, I thought I heard you say you were fishing. No. 
I don't know why. He said he, he, said he was bumming. <laughs> like, like stay, stay on the stay on their couches. I think is what he meant. Oh yeah, yeah. I was there for a week, and you know, I love Phoenix. Don't get me wrong. I love Arizona, uh, but it just wasn't where I wanted to be at the time, and I'd become really enamored with the uh, Santa Fe, Taos, the Llano, that whole area over there. Mm-hmm. And so I was here in Portland. My, well, my friend was like, hey, you know, you're in Oregon. Don't you have friends in Portland? And I was like, yeah, but I, I don't know that I really want to go up there. And he's like, well, you know, but you have friends here. Why don't you go see them? And I was like, all right, you know, uh, whatever. And I think secretly my friend wanted to go to Portland, not me. So <laughs> we ended up here and, uh, you know, we both were like, whoa, this, you know, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And that's before it blew up, you know, 22 years ago, it was, it was still pretty crunchy and mellow. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you had your, your punk rock scene, you had the hippie scene, you know, it, I, I, when I, the day that I got here, I ran into a group of skinheads and I knew Portland from the old days was pretty famous for skinhead violence. You know, I had dreadlocks. And the last thing I wanted to do was come in contact with 20, 25 skinheads. So I went the other direction from there. And I was like, I don't know about this place. But, um, you know, I was trying to call a friend of mine. And I didn't know what time he got off work or where he worked or if he was working. And I was about to go call him again. I was getting out of my car. And he pulls up and jumps out of his car. And he's like, you're here. I didn't know you were coming to Portland, you know, yada, yada, yada. And um, I slept on his floor for a while. And then the day that I, I, I couldn't find a place to live here to save my life. So I, you know, long story short, I was getting ready to leave. And I told my buddy, I was like, if you want to stay here, that's fine. But remember, you put all your stuff in my storage unit in Illinois. So at some point, we got to meet to get your stuff to you. And he's like, no, I want to go back to New Mexico, too. So uh, we were getting ready to go, and I found this place to live. So I just never left. Okay. Even though nice. I was planning on leaving. I was going to go to Cuesta, New Mexico. Never made it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's pretty cool. I mean, you just found yourself, you know, I don't know. You never expected it. Oh, that's awesome. It was also one of those things where when I was leaving, I kept wondering, am I making a mistake by leaving here? Because maybe something, maybe there's something that I need to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up starting uh, my boutique company here and um, was able to leave a full-time job by doing so and, and work for myself. So I guess that there was a reason for me to be here. Yeah. I've, I've never been to Portland. No. Not the farthest out west I've been is wherever Gabe was living at when I drove him out out west. Oh, SoCal. Yeah, um, it was just a north of LA. Um, Solvang. Oh wow, yeah. Solvang. Yeah, Gabe was living there for a minute. So do you do you keep in touch with those guys? Do you keep in touch with Gabe and Scott oh. and whatnot? Yeah, I just texted Gabe a little while ago. He and I were uh, texting about. Uh, I sent him a photo of uh, some what I made for dinner last night. And, uh, <laughs> told him I would send. What was this? I made a, a vegan meatloaf with uh, uh, baked potatoes and raw broccoli because I don't eat. I don't really like 
cooked broccoli. But I'll eat it raw. Raw broccoli. Damn. But it's a vegan meatloaf and it, it came out just fine. Well, that's good. Oh, yeah. So that's what we were talking about. But um, <laughs> as for Scott and Joe, the communication is just kind of whenever. Joe's really busy, so I, I don't really, um, I don't bother him. Once in a while, I'll send Scott a meme or, uh, you know, like, hey, check this out. Kind of. You went out to that last Portman show. I was there. Which one? When was that, Giovanni? Yeah. I don't remember. That was uh, October 4th. Yeah, last fall. Hmm. Yeah. Is is the only time you you, you played with them again, uh, that that Portland show in 2016? Yeah, um, I had seen Scott the year that I had shaved my head, and um, he had he had called me or somehow he got my number, and Scott and I had not spoken at that point since '93. Oh wow! Not not had any kind of exchange at all, and um, so what is that like 25 years or whatever like 2015 i think that was whatever year i shaved my head uh, um so scott somehow got my number probably via gay and um you know invited me he asked me if i wanted to come down and have a beer with him where they were playing which was the hawthorne theater and um so i was like yeah i'll, I'll come and see what this guy's got to say uh I don't know what we'll talk about because it's been so long since we've talked to each other. But, you know, it was just, it wasn't weird or awkward or uncomfortable. You know, we were able to just kind of pick up where things had kind of left off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like, you know, at one point there was maybe some resentment from Scott and Joe about the way I just kind of washed my hands of things. But, you know, time heals things, so mm. there was no no weirdness at that point. But um, he did ask me if I brought my bass with me, which never even crossed my mind to like, oh, I'm going to go see Scott, I should bring my bass. And he asked if I'd be interested in playing the elephant. To which, you know, I said no, just because I didn't have my bass which I'm most comfortable playing for one. Two, I had never played with Ryan, so I didn't know, you know, there needs to be that little bit, you need to know a little bit about who you're playing with. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. into just like jumping into a jam session with people I don't know. So, okay. you know, I just kind of passed on it. But um, Joe had contacted me. I don't even know how Joe found me. But it was Joe contacted me right before I left Illinois. And he and I sat down over dinner and just kind of hashed things out because, you know, there had been some rude things that were said about me that were unnecessary at the time uh, to magazines or newspapers or whatever. You know, like I, I put them in such a bad position or, you know, whatever. It, it, um, I didn't like what was said and I'm, I'm pretty direct. You know, if you talk shit, I'm going to bring it to you and be like, what the fuck? Why are you, you know, why did you say this? Or why would you say this? Because I never, I never like, I never bashed in either one of them regarding any of that or Gabe, you know, I, mm-hmm. I was, I, 
I was happy for whatever success that they had. And I wasn't upset that it, it didn't involve me, you know? Okay. So uh, Joe and I were able to smooth things out pretty quickly. Um, and then, you know, like I said, Scott and I later, much later, were able to be cool with each other. Um, when, you, so when you met up with... When, when you met up with Joe, was uh, was that after he had left the band? Yes. Oh, okay. It was 99, so it's when shit just kind of hit the fan with the label or whatever. And Joe was Joe was finished. And uh, he invited me to his place and, you know, he asked me about if I had tapes from that time period where I was a part of it. And I was like, yeah, I got... I, got stuff so i brought a few things with me and we listened to him and he's like man this band this band with you was far more organic than what scott and i were doing by ourselves he was like this, we really played songs out um, like jammed them out there was a lot of imp improv going on there was a lot of uh freedom with what we were doing versus like you know strict timing and uh you know the song's got to be the song or whatever i mean i have some so, really cool stuff that you all have never heard that is yeah sounds better than the 92 demos to be honest with you uh what were you gonna say i was just gonna i was gonna well a that would you know stuff we'd never heard that's that's incredible but like i was gonna ask what you think about the output over the years of local age what you think about the direction that the band has gone in um i I've heard Hamfisted. I like the songs that I was a part of. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people didn't know that those there's some of those songs on that record go back further than than it being a two piece. Yeah. And there's other songs that I mean, a lot of the records I haven't heard. I have to be honest with you. Uh, so mm -hmm. I don't. I don't really know if if i would like them or not um, i think that scott's a really really good songwriter he's got a great ear for melody and uh he writes catchy stuff so i did hear lifers he sent me a link to lifers i think mm -hmm. before it came out and i listened to it and i was really impressed with it there's some really great songs on that record, um, but stuff prior to that, I'm not really familiar with it. Like the the I don't I don't know what tour that was that I I played the song with them for. Uh, it was the uh, 20th anniversary of uh, As Good As Dead. As Good As Dead. See, I don't know. I, I don't think I know anything from that record. Okay. So so was it? Did you have to actually go back and relearn Elephant? Uh, I listened to my copy of Elephant. And it, it came back just, you know, just like that. I remembered it. What copy is that? Uh, the one from the Scratch demo. Was it the tape or was it the... The uh, seven inch? No, it was the tape. The record? Was it yeah. The, yeah. Scratch was on a, was on a record? Yeah. It's on the seven inch drum. 
Oh, 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 oh. I, I, I thought I, I thought you were talking about something completely different. Never mind. Um, I was like saying, oh, there's a, there's a record I'm missing. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna have to go find this now because. <laughs> There's nothing on Discogs about this. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a goddamn minute, man. <laughs> Test your might. I'll be like, getting on my phone now. Like, I got one for $50 million. <laughs> I mean, that's about what, what, you know. I think we all just need to just keep our eyes out for this blueprint show poster. That's what I know. Yeah. Good luck with that one. <laughs> Please, if anybody finds it, send me a photo. That's all I need is a photo of it. Yeah. I mean, uh, how, how many do you think were made for the show? Uh, maybe 10 or 15. Uh, I mean, seriously, I was really worried about even being in the school, not being a student, and uh, being in the drafting room using it, the the equipment. <laughs> for not drafting <laughs> yeah, for something that that has nothing to do with a school project yeah whoops <laughs> um was it on the vellum did you start it on the vellum first and then it printed on that that paper um actually yeah it has that distinct smell yes it does <laughs> and that these smell were, of a, these were that actual... smell of a red dodgeball <laughs> Oh God! They 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 were real blueprints. I mean, the, yeah. yeah, like a real blueprint. Oh yeah, Aww. not their modern day stuff, but like that. Was like old. almost almost like that, like negative. Yeah, it almost looks like it, a negative. Yeah, it was that that weird like off white with the blue printing yeah. on it, and the, I mean the paper had specks all over it. There was so much open space. It was a really cool. All right, so everyone be on the hunt for those. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's if, if, man, there's probably only like at most probably one or two left in the world, you know. Yeah, I, I've yeah. lost so many posters over the years, and they don't listen to this, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you never know. Maybe, maybe yeah. some local H fans get, get, got one sitting in a box somewhere, right? And they're like, Oh, I think I know what they're talking about. <laughs> maybe, maybe Scott's got one sitting, you know, hiding somewhere. I'm and sure Scott, Scott had one. He burnt it probably like he did <laughs> WHBK tape. What was the WHK or KB tape? We we um we got somehow we got booked to play the University of Chicago uh, their their radio show, which was super cool. I was really excited about that, and uh, so we get there, and it's double built. It's local H and the Royal Trucks. Uh, and I was I was kind of excited about the Royal Trucks. I really was interested in what they were doing. You know, they're kind of a like noisy drug band, whatever. I wanted to hear them. <clears throat> so we get there, we set up, and we're in the actual record room. So we're surrounded by stacks of records, like shelves all the way to the ceiling in this room that where the ceilings, I don't know, felt like it was maybe 15 feet tall, the ceiling. And it's just shelves of records. Gabe went to the top of the, the ladder that went around the room. It was one of those where it had a ladder. Oh, yeah. On the rack. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He sat up at the top of it. And we set up and we start playing. And um, Scott was the one that asked 
to record that performance. Normally, I, I would record stuff if we were able to. And so Scott got the radio mix that was going through the headphones. So we start playing. We sound great. I don't know if it was those records insulating the sound by keeping it from bouncing around or whatever. Mm. We're, we're really getting into it. And then the Royal Trucks showed up late and they totally cut us off and turned us off. And we didn't get to finish the performance at all oh. because the Royal Trucks showed up. And after that, I was like, fuck the Royal Trucks. It's suck, you know, whatever. And to this day, never, I've never listened to them. Like, <laughs> And that, that's kind of an asshole move, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were supposed to be there before us, and they were supposed to have done their thing, and then we were going to do our thing, but we didn't even get to because they showed up. Oh, jeez. So I'm surprised y'all didn't fight them, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was a woman and a guy, and then the four of us, so I don't know how fair it would have been. <laughs> well, you, you, I mean, you, you already had an advantage because Gabe's on top of the thing. You can just do an, a macho man elbow drop from the top <laughs> on, yeah, on somebody. He could have knocked the guy out for sure. <laughs> w move like he used to do to his brother. So <laughs> it was, the, the guy would have never seen it coming. No, he wouldn't have. <laughs> He'd be like, who the fuck hit me? Where the fuck did you come from, little man? <laughs> I remember we played the song Wish in maybe... I don't know. I think we played like three or four songs. I had some friends that drove out to the city to where this this school is because it's kind of towards the south side. Um, so they drove within uh, frequency distance of the broadcast area, and they said that it sounded great over the radio, but they had no means to record it. I don't know why they didn't bring like a boombox or whatever. But yeah. So Scott had the tape, and Scott took the tape and I guess he thought the vocals were way too loud and I saw him like rip the tape apart. Oh shit. Oh, he geez. pulled the tape out of the case and was like kept undoing it and there was tape everywhere and he was ripping the tape and just so nobody could hear it and I was like dude I just wanted to hear it and he's like no it sounded terrible. Oh, no. There's no way it sounded terrible because we practiced. Local H when I was part of that band we were tight as hell because like we would sit down to practice and we would run through all the songs that we knew and then maybe do it a second time. We didn't mm -hmm. fuck around. It wasn't like, Oh, let's just noodle. Like we had like the songs that we knew or the songs that we played regularly, we would play all of those. And then we would like fuck around and like bring a new song in or like play with the riff or whatever, or maybe like, hey, let's <laughs> slow down this song and see what it sounds like. But we were. I mean, we even were, if the recording was bad, I mean, you, you still shouldn't destroy it. I mean, like, yeah, uh, I, I've got I've got recordings from Masquerade that we absolutely sound like shit. But you know, we we but we played songs that we never played before. It was like us debuting, you know, some of these like small short songs that we had. That might have been one of the first times Wish was played outside of the garage. I could be wrong, but I mean, that was that was one of those songs that uh, I really do wish, you know, not trying to bring that, <laughs> trying, not trying to be funny, but I do wish that that was one of the songs that we had recorded before I uh, departed from the band.
because it was really good. And, you know, that was a battle between Scott and I because, uh, you know, he wanted to um, kind of change things. He, he wanted it to be like kind of doom metal. Like when I say that, like very slow and heavy and then all of a sudden break into DRI thrash speed riffing and then go back to really slow and i just thought that that was cheesy and the song was really really good without having to you know do kind of a cliche slow fast slow fast slow fast kind of thing mm-hmm. i mean he wrote that song and it, it was awesome but he and i had a huge argument about it and uh, he finally gave in and if you watch the uh, the cable access that I'm on, Wish is on there. I don't know. If you're not familiar with it, familiarize yourself because it's uh, a really, really good song. Uh, I've seen that that video. Um, the uh, There's a photo of y'all. I think y'all are like either, were y'all either a four piece or a five, maybe, maybe even a five piece at one point? You're talking about that gymnasium photo? Yeah. Okay, that's not local age that's not rig awakening that's uh that was something that was called rain dance that that was my senior year i'm the guy with the maiden shirt on yeah that somebody said was gabe um so that's me that was the first time i played with joe but that was uh me and jerry newbro joining up with scott to play family cruiser songs and then Scott had Joe and a guy named Tom. Joe playing drums and Tom playing bass uh, for his other music. There's a video of that that you will never see. <laughs> there's a there's a video online. Uh, I'm not sure where it was taken from, but it, it's like it looks like you know Scott has that same hairstyle going on. And like you see him singing on the stage, kind of far back, and then all of a sudden you see him like a, a superimposed uh, video of his of him singing up close, like uh, like and like maybe the top corner or something like that. Uh, am I crazy? Uh, I, I swear I, this, this video exists. Am I in there? Because if I'm, I, 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 it's, it's so dark. I I, I thought it was at a, a school. It's <laughs> a video. Of the school, like a, it's like a, almost like a talent show type of thing, isn't there? But I don't know what you're talking about with the superimposed yeah, no, thing. I'd have to, uh, I'd have to dig it out. Um, that's gonna be a, t- that's gonna be a tough dig because everyone with their with their phones these days, you know, posting local H, and now you, you know, now I have to yeah. dig through all that stuff to yeah, find. Yeah, come up with like five hundred thousand results. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. The, the, the rain dance is there's no um, actual. It, that, that's not online. I have the videotape. Joe has a videotape, and maybe Scott has it. But that, that again was that part of that whole. Um, that was before Jerry and I left uh-huh. Madison. So um, he was already into his kind of like backup singer ideas, you know, uh-huh. stuff that you know he Scott had very grandiose ideas about music at that time you got to give him credit because you know he said that he wanted to do these things and as far-fetched as they seemed he still managed to get it done yeah. you know like the music or not from that time period 
he still managed to get that stuff done. You know, so I, I you got to respect that, even if it did suck, because it did. Hungry. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt, what was the, the name of that guy that you said that uh, Jay was talking about the five-piece or the four-piece? Did you say Tom? Uh, from the gymnasium photo? Yeah. His name was Tommy Tennyson. Oh. And I didn't, I only know him from that night. He was younger than me and just nobody that I hung out with or anything. I mean, he might have been a friend of Joe's. I'm not even sure. So you walk into the room. Who the fuck are you with? <laughs> I mean, that's got to be weird playing, uh, meeting someone and playing uh, with them that same day, you know? Right. Well, we didn't play together. He and I didn't play together. He played bass for Scott's newer stuff along with Joe and Jerry and myself played uh, the older stuff, the family cruisers and Root Awakening stuff. Oh, okay. And that Root Awakening that I'm talking about is pre Root Awakening Big Emotions. So when I talk about the real Root Awakening, it's a three piece that was me, Jerry and Scott, not, mm -hmm. not uh, Joe and Scott and uh, Toby and whoever else was part of it. Whatever happened to Jerry? Uh, Jerry still lives in Madison, and I think he's doing well. Uh, we had a little interaction recently on Facebook. Uh, I haven't talked to him in forever. Uh, I, he wanted to connect with me one time when I was back visiting my family, and I really tried to kind of make time to see him, but I have a big family, and you know, my grandparents were both still alive at the time. So I was trying to spend as much time with them and my mom when I came back as I could. So I didn't really make, there was just no way for me to allot time for him when I had so much, so much of my family to see. Do, uh, do you ever hear from Sparkman? I, you know, I, so I'm <laughs> really good friends with his brother. Um, his brother's an old deadhead, and he and I used to trade tapes. But what's funny is I had no idea that he was living here in Portland. So I went to a show in 2000 down in um, downtown Portland, and I had been, or wait, 2001, and I had been rear-ended. I was in severe pain. The doctors wouldn't, they, they gave me almost no kind of medication for my back or my neck or anything. Um, so I was kind of crickety, like walking around like an old man at that point. And I just remember I was sitting in this booth trying to drink a beer and Sparkman walks up to me. And I was like, no fucking way. I was like, you're here. You, you, what are you doing here? And he's like, I live here. I've been living here for like two years. I was living in Seattle and yada, yada, yada. So, um, long story short is we were supposed to like hook up and hang out and whatever, but my back was really hurting. And I got a friend of mine to give me a ride home in my car. And I was supposed to give John a ride home too, but, uh, I don't know. There was a mix up in communications and I told him I was leaving, but my friend would come back and give him a ride since I just lived on the other side of the river. But my friend went back to give him a ride and he wouldn't, like, he wouldn't stop for my friend who was trying to get him in my car. So 
That's the last time I saw him. Do you know if he's is, is he still in Portland? No, he's not. I think he's in Milwaukee or Wisconsin. <clears throat> I, I think I found him on fa- Facebook uh, about maybe like three or four years ago. I, I wanted to get him to sign my book. And I reached out to him and he he didn't respond to me. Oh yeah, he there's no love for local age. That guy doesn't have any love for local age. And Joe told me don't send him my book because you can't trust him. You're probably not to get it back. <laughs> yeah, he, he probably sell it, you know. Maybe I guess I. I and I was like, okay, well that sucks because I wanted to get everyone to sign it, but you know. He's, you know uh, what? he's not a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad guy. I have no issues with him. I just don't know what happened that night. Maybe he was frustrated. With... I mean, he's he, he ghosted y'all once and, he, and then he ghosted you, kind of ghosted you again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And... I mean, I didn't, I've, I've never asked his brother where he's at. I, I talk to his brother pretty frequently still via Facebook. I mean, no love for someone who's going to treat you like that, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, that that shit happens with bands in Atlanta all the time. You'll, you'll be playing with someone, and then all of a sudden, they just disappear. It happens with bands all over all the place. All over, right? yeah. But Atlanta, is, I hear, has been one of the worst cities for this shit. Yeah. And, like, there's so many flakes out here, and it's just so hard to get a band off the ground. And like I, 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 I tried out for a band and I made it. And then the singer kind of go, started ghosting everybody. We did one practice and we we had plans to you know for the the following week. And I texted him nothing. Uh, I, I didn't have the drummer's number, so uh, uh, I only had, only had the singer. So I, but he he just ghosted me. He def- or unfriended me on Facebook. And I'm like whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I don't need this shit, man. Like, I'll, I'll find something better. I'll just go back to underwater basket weaving. <laughs> God, throwback. Um, the, um, the, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm just tired of dealing with that shit. So, I mean, it's, it's, I feel like, you know, I'd rather play by myself uh, in more ways than one. Um, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Giovanni had some questions he wanted uh, that, that he asked. Um, Matt, go for it. Like a lot of the questions were just basically, you know, the the lineage of how you know local H became local H, and you know, touching touching upon like the previous bands, you know, all the different names. So like when you mentioned Tom or Tommy, that threw me off because I'm like going through the notes. I'm like, I don't know where did that that name come from, and it's weird because I'm. These are like uh, emails that Matt and I would have back and forth. So I'd send him like a barrage of all these like really weird questions, like asinine information, like um, stuff about like say drum, like how many were you know pressed? You know, did you send them the actual you know full on reels or like how did it all work out? So he would respond, you know. So a lot of lengthy emails. And, my questions were just basically that. So, so what, that what, uh, I, I, I guess drum what would have been on reels then, right? And uh, scratch is a reel. Yeah. Um, and the ninety-two demos were reels. I've only recorded to, uh, to tape once, and we did. We only did drums on tape. 
and then we did everything else through Pro Tools, and the the, the album came, or the, the single came out great, and uh, but you know that's the only that's the only uh, thing I've done with tape. I helped someone move a tape machine once. That thing weighed about six hundred pounds. <laughs> that uh, was I've, I've me and recorded in the studio with anything that's been digital. I recorded myself digitally, but um, yeah, I've never been with a band that went in and. I mean, digital recording is just too, it's, it's too easy. That's why I like it. You know, <laughs> I, it, I'm able to finish a song in two or three takes and they just keep punching me in. And uh, yeah, so well, I, I just, I rather, I rather record the, the digital because I just think it's easier. I do want to try to record in a live room with the whole band playing. Like, that's, can how, I like- that's how, uh, drunk, uh, not drunk, that's how Scratch and, the 92 demos were done and then the vocals were done on top of it. But uh, both those recording sessions, well, all the, all the, all of the local age recording sessions that I was involved with. So the, the ears pop top thing and then what followed were all live. We did those live. I I think, I think Scott still does it that way too. If you listen to the, well, you don't even have to listen to it, but the 92 demos was one take. Like it was one take for every song. Really? Yeah. We didn't screw around. Is that like common knowledge? Like, I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't I know, know that. Common knowledge. Yeah. But for, um, for the 92 demos, we went in there and we banged it out. And by the way, that was 30 years ago, July 22nd. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Y'all old. I was I was I was, I, I, I was eleven years old, just k- kicking around, kicking people <laughs> in the shins. Yeah, I mean, I, I posted it on the Cold Manor so people could see. Like thirty years ago, this happened. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, oh I yeah, I think that. I saw that. The uh, the, those the, that tape post was awesome with the uh, those cassettes, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny I mean, thing about those, what a lot of people don't know, is that so I kind of pack stuff up sometimes and if, if i'm going over if this is too long let me know because i'll, I'll stop talking no you're, if you're fine this is uh you know i when i moved out of my mom's basement or my my shit out of my mom's basement i misplaced a box of things and um they were going to be thrown away a few years ago and oh, I shit. Like, oh it's, well it's cassettes i mean shit hopefully those are some like cool old hardcore cassettes or live slayer whatever you know stuff that i would trade for and when i got the tapes i was like what you know what what the hell is this and i put it on and it's you know it's the demos wow so i ended up using several of them i recorded over them just because i had gotten a new record that i wanted to play in my workshop and i don't have i there's no way i would take a record into my workshop i work with wax and dye and stuff and i don't i don't want to ruin anything like that so i uh recorded over them but i did save some and then after that more recently um giovanni knows this i I was going through my closet and in the back of my closet, there was a flat kind of box. And I was like, what is this? You know, I open it up and it's a drawing pad that is wrapped in two trash bags. 
So I ripped open the trash bag to see what, what the art was inside of it. And in there are all the old local age photos, the local age promo material, the uh, original uh, J cards that I did to make the master J cards. So like the, they're all glued together and stuff and you know, they're on uh, old drawing paper and you know, the photos that were taken, the promo photos are in there. Uh, the drum photos are in there. The complete, I don't know, there's like 50 photos from that day from the drum uh, that were taken for the, the uh, drum photo cover, the promo shop. The, the, uh, the photo that was, that was used for the cover of drum, is that stretched or something? It is stretched. Put it on my Xerox machine at work. Not mine, but my where, where Gabe and I work. I put it on the Xerox machine and I moved it as the uh, as it was scanning it. So um, that's what came out of it. And the whole thing was inspired by the cover for Beware by the Misfits. <laughs> so when you look at the Misfits record, the drum cover is essentially me trying to make it look very similar, but it's, it's not as sharp because it was a shitty Xerox machine for one and two. <laughs> it's the, the photo itself wasn't as high contrast as the Beware uh, was. Yeah, you, you really can't make out, you know, nothing but, I guess, Scott's face, really. Well, yeah, because yeah. Scott was up front and center and his face is wider than ours. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying Scott's got a big head or something? Um. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for joining and no way are we making fun of scott it's, it's, oh, it's just, it doesn't matter I just, you know he's gonna be listening to this probably <laughs> who knows well i hope that you guys got something usable out of it i know that oh yeah we did didn't a whole lot of local h stuff but no that was no, really and, 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 and that was the and that was the the whole like thing um just hanging out was, man. yeah we, we, uh, we, we were we were gonna talk a little bit a little bit about local h but you know not much we, we, we want people to get to you know in the in the cold manner to get to know you yeah well they, yeah and, they, they they don't know me they don't even right. know my name so <laughs> I, I know and i i wouldn't know your name unless you had said oh i'm glad you got your book back and i was like wait a minute <laughs> hold the fuck up yeah like who is this guy putting all this crap in the manor <laughs> and i was just like that's guy's got the last name garcia yeah and i sent you a message are, are you matt garcia and you're like yeah and i was like god damn dude uh thank you for signing my book <laughs> i also don't yeah. like the you know i i've been pretty vocal on that page about how i don't think the Joe bashing is cool. And I know it's not that, that uh, Scott and Gabe would, <clears throat> would step up and just be like, yeah, you know, there's beef between Scott and Joe, but that doesn't give like the fans the right to step in and be talking shit like that. Because mm. I mean, I, I told them none of you guys know them and you'll never know them beyond a superficial level. You know, I spent a considerable amount of time <clears throat> with both of them and I saw them argue. So, right. you know, I, but I still don't, you don't see me being like, oh, fuck Scott, fuck Joe, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, it's just weird 
to see. Uh, it was weird for me to see. Because... Yeah, like all done through proxy. Yeah. 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 That's not our place. Yeah. You know, it's no. really not. I mean, our, our most we popular been... podcast yeah. we did was the Joe one. Like, we got tons of listens, but people started going back and listening to our other ones after that. Oh, that's awesome. But, um, like people, you know, there was people talking shit about, you know, uh, when Anthony posted it, they're like, no, oh, I'm not going to listen to that. That guy's an asshole. But fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he an asshole? Yeah. Like I've known Joe for uh, six or seven years now. And he's one of the coolest dudes. He, he, he'd give you the shirt off his fucking back if you needed it. Yeah. Um, he sends me all kinds of, you know, stuff. If, like if, if I ask him about a song, that I don't, I don't have a digital copy of it's in my inbox he won't give me everything but uh but and then he's, he's supposed to send me some some uh a set of drumsticks from that 2016 tour and i'm like great because i don't have one of your sticks i have everyone else's sticks but i don't actually have a joe one and i don't know why i didn't ask him for one that night uh the, the two nights i saw him um on that on that tour and it's just i also don't like that people trash him and I, I do think it's kind of weird that he's got like two uh local h pages what's what the hell is wrong with joe and uh local h original but i mean i understand the original one but the original well, one is important he's oh yeah keep yeah. that up to date i mean i he said he was going to give me the password for it so i could upload stuff but yeah. he never has so i mean i got all this shit that i'm I was going to scan and watermark and give to him to put there. But I mean, if it's not going to be uploaded, then I'm, I mean, it's enough that it's going to be, a, you know, a few, several hours of work. So I mean, I've, I've sent, I've sent him some stuff to, and, and, and then he, uh, and then he posted it from there. But uh, like, I don't think you, you can't start conversations on that page. No. He's got it locked down. Yeah. That's, you know, I understand because there were people coming from the cold manor that were there solely to troll Joe and get a reaction. And sadly, Joe is, he's quick to snap and will lash out at them, which is what they want. Yeah. 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 I have tapes. I mean, I wish that you could hear the third rail. I wish that you guys could hear, um, I, uh, I used a payphone on Jackson Street and I have 24 hours to live. These, these are songs that, that I don't know if you guys have heard, but man, that. that what's up? I don't think I've heard them. Um, well, I, I've got a vocalist, vocalist practice tape from, from my mom's basement. It was when Kirk Cliff and his family moved. We had nowhere to practice, and my, my mom and her husband were like, well, we're going away for the weekend. If you guys want to practice here at the house, go ahead. So we set up in this uh, little room in the back of the basement, which was like facing the front of the street, and uh, Joe busted his kick pedal that day, like not even 25 minutes into the practice, the pedal broke. But that recording, I can tell you right now, sounds a hundred times better than the 92 demo recording it's raw you can hear the bass you can hear the drums you can hear scott screaming the lyrics out too but i mean I, when i think back to the money that we spent 
on recording the 92 demo when we could have done easily all we needed was a, a, a speaker for the vocals and that could have been another demo it was you know even though it was a practice tape that shit that shit is heavy it's raw it's it's one of the best recordings i have of local age i mean one of my old bands we, we, we recorded every practice and we, we would just let the tape roll and so you'd hear our banter oh no all. i didn't do that <laughs> oh, because there were arguments and shit between us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, uh, we would go back and listen to the tapes and be like, "Okay, oh, uh, what did you do here? We like that. Like, but, but, but that's like cause we, we 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 were trying out new songs and we we're like trying you know trying different ways and stuff and try, you know, and we we're like, yeah, let's let's piece let's, let's take that piece and." when we practice you know tomorrow let's do that again uh with this other piece and that's how we wrote songs and it was oh. uh, but the, the the tapes were were, 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 were actually kind of comical because you know we're always you know fucking cussing each other out and uh singer will be singing and uh you know then his all of a sudden he's he he, he turns around to, to get a drink of water or something like that and his diapers missing from his uh, microphone. I, I recorded everything because I just wanted to hear how I was playing and if I could. Oh yeah, improve of on anything. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. When I played Masquerade, they had the the uh, ability to record the show onto a CD for you, and uh, you pay ten bucks and they give you the soundboard recording. Yeah, well, yeah. I used to have a CD of the scratch demo and i had a cd of the 92 demo that was my master to make the tapes from because the studio would make you a cd for 10 bucks or five bucks or whatever uh whatever they charge so when we recorded the 92 demos at windy city it was just the music straight through i think we were there for an hour maybe did it then we went and did the the vocals at another place and while we were there, Darcy from the Smashing Pumpkins came in and was like listening to Scott lay down the vocals and, you know, just trying to be Queen Darcy. <laughs> um, and what well, year was, was that? 92. Okay. So they were already, Gish was already out at that point. No, she was part. No, that was Gish. That was, oh, uh, okay. They were still doing Gish stuff. But yeah, she was there listening and then she left. I think that Scott and Joe might have mixed down. I I didn't want anything to do with the mix process. Plus I had two jobs. Giovanni, when you asked me that one time, like why didn't you guys use um, like pro tapes to record everything on? It was simply just because I was the one buying the tapes and um, it was just if I had an extra twenty dollars that week, I would go buy a couple bricks of tapes and record them, or I would give the tapes to Joe or Scott to record. You know, it, it's it, it wasn't like a well-oiled machine at that point. Right. There, there was it was never like we sat down and agreed. Oh, you're doing this, this, or this. That's why the the cover for the demo looks the way it does. Is like I had five, ten minutes near a Xerox machine and just wrote everything out and did it. 
So that's sad. Um, Sorry, to, I, I I don't mean to just like keep going on about it, but that that's. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just went. I, I went to my car and I tried to look to see if I had um. Uh, I I, I sure I mean, I'm sure I have the, the the scratch demos on 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 my thumb drive in my car, but so I I got kind of cut off there for a second. My car connected my uh my ears connected to my car. Oh okay. And I was like, oh, um, that's not good. And I, yeah. uh, and of course, I'm panicking. And I'm, you know, pushing <laughs> buttons in my car, and I'm like t- trying to turn everything off. And I just threw you on mute. The power of the host. Fuck you, motherfucker! I'll beat your fucking ass, son. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. It's interesting. Brought about the bass strings. Wait, what was that, Jeremy? Uh, it's interesting that you brought up the bass strings because you know, in conversations that we had. Um, I didn't know that they were that expensive. And, you know, you had mentioned about, you know, having the, the jobs and you had to pay all these bills because you weren't, you know, living at your parents' house and everything. And, and am I wrong in thinking that your bass string or strings broke during the um, public access show? No, I don't you're know if I said absolutely that right. correct. My, um, so the, I, I, it was my yeah. E or my A string that broke. You can see me. How do you break a bass string? Damn. We were getting ready to record that cable access thing, and we start to play, and one of my strings just pops right off, and I look down at it. If you if you look at the unedited one, you'll see me. I just grab the string, and I start pulling on it, and um, we have to start recording over again. Luckily, I had another set of strings in my case. Mm. at that time but it just it yeah. handled the uh, the abuse i guess <laughs> well, what, what kind of strings were you using that cost 45 dollars uh any set of bass strings in 1992 was 40 45 dollars i mean when i, when I started I used, playing in like i, I used roto sound round lines and i used when I, I used uh dario or diadario however you say it uh back in 96 when i started playing bass or a5 and I feel like they were like 20 bucks. And then I started using uh, Ernie Ball skinny top heavy bottoms. And uh, I think those were like 25. Yeah, that wasn't. The I don't even know what they are now, but. Uh, they um, really came down in price. I mean, they really did. Bass strings were ridiculous because most, there, there weren't a lot of bass players. Yeah, I mean. And, uh, you know. Those strings, they're thick, they're whatever. You know, I, 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 for, I started using boomers because I couldn't afford the roto sounds anymore. I mean, I think I got, I got B52s on my bass now. Uh, Joe Queer from the Queers uh, was like, I want you to try a pack of these. You're, I know you're a bass player. And he, he gave me one. I was like, okay, I'm not going to turn down free strings. And I mean, I'll actually like them, but uh, I, I do like my you know, Ernie Balls a little better. But so I'll, I'll go back to Ernie Ball. Yeah. I'm not, what, what, what was your first? Uh, what was your first shitty bass? The bass that I learned to play on was an Arbor uh, Explorer copy. Okay. So it looked you like still got Gibson it? Explorer. Yeah, of course I got it. Scott wanted me to bust it at the Jane Adams Center show that we did because he he had a Jackson. Uh, strat copy but it had the jackson headstock on it it was a nice guitar it was uh, metal flake maroon 
and he his girlfriend Amber bought that guitar for him. And oh, I've heard that story. Yeah, uh, he. I've got. If you look at the original Local H page, there's a picture of him playing that guitar. Uh, but he he broke that at the Jane Adams Center show, and um, he wanted me to bust that arbor. And I'm like, dude, my mom paid two seventy five for that when I was you know 13, 14 years old. So 84, 83, 84, uh, you want me to bust the, this bass that I learned how to play on? I was like, I'm not going to do that. Come on. You know, I, I, I don't care that Kurt Cobain is doing some stupid shit like that. Like, I'm not down with breaking instruments. Fuck that. There's kids that would love to learn how to play an instrument that can't. And they can't thank you for it. saying that. You know, you they can't afford to purchase an instrument, let you know, let alone get borrow one from a school or whatever. So stop breaking fucking guitars and basses and drum sets because, you know, it, it's pointless. I mean, those are instruments of you know that's art. It's the same as like burning paintings or you know whatever. I don't know. It just really got under my or, skin. Can you talk about that? Uh that nirvana show at uh, metro like you're in the photo with uh scott and gabe's in there but you're you're pushing back on people i am because i was getting smashed. Uh, uh, before we get into that real quick uh, uh let me quickly say my first base was a 1992 pb foundation uh it was a pawn shop buy came with a hard shell case and when, when, uh, around 2002, I got my P base and I just stopped using that thing. And 2010, I was like, our friend's uh, kid, uh, Baron, went and learned how to play bass. And uh, he, he wakes up the next morning and there's my bass sitting in, 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 in the living room in the case. And I gave, it, I, gave, you know, I gave it to him. He was like 14 or 15 at the time. I was like, it just needs new strings. Uh, and and then he, he he lost interest, and that bass sat around the house. And his sister picked it up and started playing it. And now she's a bass player. That's awesome. And I'm I'm, I'm happy to see that little two hundred dollar investment that I, you know buying that bass go and help you know two kids learn how to play bass. Oh yeah. And onto the uh uh the, the Metro uh, Nirvana show. So what did you want to know about it, Joanne? Uh, so when, okay, I know that Scott got a piece of the, the, the headstock. So when he was breaking, when they were doing that whole destruction, like what was your take on it? Because I remember you had told me that you wanted to go to the, uh, 89 show. Um, but I don't think you guys were able to go to that one, but then I think you went to the 1990 show, something like that. So yes. by then, you know, at that, that was like, you know, huge for, you know, that time frame. It was still early, uh, really before, you know, Nevermind was super, super famous and popular. But what was that show like for you, knowing that, like, you know, Joe and Scott were huge fans of Nirvana? Um, so we missed that show by one day, me and uh, my friend Mike Beattie who yeah. also took a lot. He's the one that took the photos for that poster. Um, he and I went and applied for a job at a bookstore, the same bookstore. That's a bookstore I got the job at. 
and he didn't. But um, we had picked up a copy of the reader, and uh, Nirvana had played the night before. We just didn't know, and we we're like, yeah. we we're both really like distraught. He and I were. At that point, uh, Scott, Joe, Scott and Joe were not listening to Nirvana at all. They were still into the, the REM, Waterboys, Icicle House, you know, that kind of music. Um, yeah. And it was after I, I had wandered out to California for a while. And then I found out that my grandmother <coughs> was going to have a, a surgery on a on an aneurysm in his uh, brain. So I, I quickly came back. Scott and Joe picked me up from the, uh, they met me at O'Hare and they were living in Chicago. And I don't know, somehow they got my base. So I went to their apartment and um, they, they heard been a son because they were living with my friend, Mike. Prior to that, Scott and Joe made fun of Nirvana. So did Gabe. Like, this is probably things that they don't want people to hear about, but like, they thought Nirvana was a joke. They were making fun of Kurt's voice, like his voice on, on uh, Blue. They, Gabe was like, oh, this, what is, he's, he made his like signature Gabe laugh and started clapping his hands. He's like, what is this Nirvana? Uh, what is this, ZZ Top? Are we listening to ZZ Top now? You know, like, they were all, like, super hateful about Nirvana. And um, it took them a, a, a while to come around before they would even admit that there was something there. And then, you know, I think Michael Stipe liking Nirvana had something to do with it, too, probably. I know that that sounds like a, a stretch for most people, but... He, he did do some uh, public talking about Nirvana. But so we went to the <coughs> show. It was it was me, Gabe, Scott, Joe, Rachel, uh, my friend Elisa, who also took photos of Local Age. She was an amazing photographer as well. Um, you know, it was it was a straight up crew of us that went to that show at the Metro and I was getting smashed. I and I, I put my feet I managed to get my feet flat against the front of the stage when they started playing because I didn't like being crushed. My rib cage was against the stage and I was a skinny guy, you know, I didn't have like padding or anything. So my, I didn't want my ribs cracked. So I pushed back and I ended up floating on top of the crowd not on purpose like mm -hmm. they they took that as like it's time for you to go up and you know you don't fuck around at the metro like that i've been going to shows there for many many years and i know that you do not get on the stage so i'm floating around and i'm headed towards the pit and i'm like all right cool i can get down as soon as i get to the pit and then i go i start moving forward again and i remember looking over at scott and the look on his face was like oh no and I landed ass first in front of the kick drum, just like, bam. And I, you know, I look over and there's to my left is Chris and to the right, Kirk, uh, Kurt singing. And um, I see the bouncers get up and I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to kick my ass. You know, I'm, I'm done. 
but I just put my hoodie up and I stood up and I ran as fast as I could. And I feel I, it felt like I was 20 feet in the air. I, I don't stage dive. I was never a stage diver, but I did dive off the stage that night because I didn't want to get my ass kicked. <laughs> and I tell you that I took my hoodie off and my shirt and put a different shirt on. I think I bought a shirt that, that uh, you know, from the booth, the merch booth. But like, if you know me, you know, A, I don't take my shirt off in front of anybody. I'm just, I'm, it's just how I am. But I peeled off my clothes so those bouncers would not recognize me. <laughs> my stupid fucking red spot of hair on top of my head. You know, I have black, long hair with a red spot in the middle of it. I don't know how I thought I was going to get away with it, but that's what I did. Hell yeah. And I, I stayed in back because I didn't want the bouncers to beat my ass. <laughs> I don't think I knew that story uh, that, that you landed on stage. Yeah, I landed right in front of Dave's drum kit. So wow. it's, it's weird they don't. It's weird they don't. They didn't have the the barrier back then. The metro never had a barrier. I don't know if they have barriers now, but they never they do. Barriers. Yeah, yeah. The, the there's a good four or five feet in between the stage now. That place is and too small to put a barrier on the floor. It is. Um, I, I didn't realize how small it was. I, I thought there was a balcony. There is a balcony. And, there I mean, is a balcony, no, I, Jay. I, I thought there was a... That's not a balcony. That's like just standing room only. If you're in the second fucking person back, you can't see jack shit. I thought there was like seating up there and shit like that. Like, and it was like a lot of space. Yeah. And I, I went there and looked. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? And, and all the trip hazards... On, on on the floor level that didn't used to be there yeah there's like these little levels now and the floor is black so you can't see them yeah and if, if you're like wiggling around people trying to get through people you got you you got to know where that shit is kelly way uh the bartender there she she warned me about this the, the, the trip hazards like you know weeks in advance and I was like, thank you. I went up to her and I, and I, I was like, oh, give me a beer, whatever. You know, just give me something. And I was like, thank you for telling me about the, uh, the trip hazards. And she was like, okay, Bert. <laughs> first, first time I met her. And uh, we, 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 I think we had to wear masks at that show. Did, did we have to wear masks at that show? Uh, we didn't have to, but a lot of people did. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, walking I just, up those stairs for seven seconds in August of 86. And, you know, I'd been to like Slayer shows or whatever, and it was all cool, like bigger, bigger events, you know, but that, uh, I don't know, walking up the stairs to the Metro was uh, like a religious experience for me. I was like, holy shit, I love this place. Yeah. Uh, Seven seconds headlined? Yeah. Oh yeah, they do. They uh they, they they just played uh Heaven and Masquerade, which is I think it's about it's close to fifteen hundred people maybe. Yeah, they played with the circle jerks. Yeah, and Should uh, uh I, I don't really care for I, I I I'm not a Black Flag fan. I'm not a fucking I'm not a Keith Morris fan. I'm not a Keith Morris fan either, but seven seconds. But uh yeah, a bunch of my friends went and I mean this show had been canceled so many times here. Yeah, because he got COVID. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I think the, the, the tour was supposed to happen 
during COVID, I think originally, and then so it was, and then, and then he got COVID and it was canceled again. So I think this, this was the third try. I was just like, friends were like, I got an extra ticket. You want, you want to come? No, this show ain't gonna happen. You know, it, it sucks, man. You know, uh, I was supposed to see local H in Denver, thirteen hours before my flight. Now I'm at that point where I can't cancel it. What do I do? They can't. They get COVID, and oh, I'm going that, to Denver. That was after the after they played here. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. Because um, I remember Scott said he had been sick. Scott and I sat down with uh, me, Scott, and Justine sat down at the Hawthorne Bar, and he had said he told me that he had been feeling sick, and uh, he thought it was something that he ate. <laughs> Wrong. He's had it twice. So have I. He, um, uh, cool. you know, me, me, Shannon, and Anthony travel around, and on, so on the solo style. What's that? Roll call. Who's who of you are coming to Portland, Giovanni? <laughs> uh, I'm going to try to make that. I've I've been to the Doug Fur. I'm going to try to make that one. Um, it's tough because this this car repair was really expensive well the doug first sounds awesome so that, that really i hope you go to incredible. it incredible i mean i'll go if scott calls me i'll go if not i'll meet you for a drink uh, or something for uh, uh during the uh soul album sh- uh, tour um the first soul album tour uh scott got really sick and we've we uh, i guess more like anthony pays for it and i uh, and i you know, help hand it over to them. Uh, we 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 give them um, Maker's Mark, and he he, uh, he started c- calling us uh, his what was it? The, uh, his the CDC. CD, CDC representatives. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is when COVID was just like, eh, you know, it's just a name to get. It's before it became what it became. Yeah. Yeah. No one really knew what it was. They're like, oh, don't worry about it. These guys are from the CDC. They're. they're <laughs> So you guys I mean, he knew west? He, only only Giovanni comes west. He, Joe, Giovanni lives out west, man. Yeah. I mean we live we live in Atlanta. Like it's we go to like Louisville or Nashville or you know, places yeah. like that. Or Chicago or I I've been to I've been to Shank Hall in Milwaukee for two shows. Yeah, I mean we've done the furthest we've gone is is um Minneapolis. So that's far. Yeah, yeah I mean we didn't drive to Minneapolis. No. <laughs> Minneapolis, Minneapolis, uh, First Avenue, crowds, crowd surfing, fucking people roughing the crowd. They don't fucking play around. Oh yeah, some guy tried to crowd surf or something, and they like kicked him out. It was crazy. No, he, he, he started nudging on me. Like, oh, he was get... like, he wanted to do like a mosh pit or something. No, he, he tried. He tried to get my spot, and security saw oh. him do that, and they, and, and, they, and they kicked his ass out. Mm. Yeah, I was like. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, I can handle myself, guys. You know, let me let, let me handle myself. You know, he he does not deserve to be kicked out for that. Right? Yeah, it was and crazy. I, I was just surprised, like that yeah. that happened. Um, well, if you guys can, I mean, it was the shows are intimate. They're not big shows. They're not hella crowded. They're pretty chill. Hell yeah! Well, the shows in Atlanta. Uh, which says local H hates Atlanta. Then why do they keep playing here? 
They love Atlanta. They don't have a choice. That's why they can't. <laughs> <laughs> they better fucking play Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta crowd, the, the crowd in Atlanta brings it every time. Yeah. Like me and Shannon were watching this uh, Herb's birthday live stream and at uh, Lyra's Club, and no one's moving around. I'm like, what yeah, the like, fuck? Yeah, it's like they were watching a movie. And I'm like, <laughs> in Chicago? Is that in Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we, if we ever had a show like that here in Atlanta, I'd be fucking surprised. Yeah. But we, we, we have had, when they were on tour with uh, Electric Six, yeah, it was more of an Electric Six crowd. Um, so, we, yeah, we, you know, we, we didn't really bring it at that show, but I mean, that was fuck, over 10 years ago. And yeah. Local H has actually grown in popularity in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. 250 people show up. Now there's it, 500. I think it might be about that time again, just when, when you think of time being uh, circular. Yes. yes. Cyclical. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's probably about time for them to regain a little bit of popularity again because, yeah. I mean, when I look at what's going on in the uh, the the metal scene, like we're right smack in the middle of 1991 again. Right. Like the bands are sounding like the bands, of, you know, the death metal bands of those time, uh, that that time period, not those times. Uh, so. I mean, maybe, maybe y'all should get ready to share your favorite band with other people. Right. It might blow up. When you least yeah. I, I gotta ask. I, I gotta it's ask a, a question. It's, it's a uh, what do you call that thing? A lifers podcast question. Uh, Iron Maiden or Replacements, and why oh, is it no. replacements? Oh <laughs> um, no! God, Maiden. Iron Maiden. One hundred percent. No, that that's the wrong answer, answer, dude. What the what the hell? Man? <laughs> uh, oh no, it's it's the correct answer. I yeah. Wh- why uh, wh- why do you have such a fear of the dark, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Westerberg is a national treasure of Minneapolis. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> You're about to be in Minneapolis, you fucking dick. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. I still like Iron Maiden. <laughs> your mom's an Iron Maiden. Oh, boy. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, she had to deal with your ass growing up. Yeah, we got. Well, it was. Uh, thank you, uh, Matt. Thank you, Giovanni. It, it, it took Giovanni some. Uh, I, 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 I had to talk him into this. No coercing. It's and, no and, video, and, Gio. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, thank he's you, like, Matt, for for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it as a mystery guest. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, no mystery who Geo is. Yeah, you're, you're, the, the, you're the history guest. Thank you again for, for finally doing this. I've been asking you for years. Yeah, he figured if he just does it, you don't ask it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but thanks, wait. man. But wait, there's a part two. Okay. Yeah, right. Oh, God. <laughs> this time it's six hours long. No. Yeah. And we're going to talk about 
Oh, definitely not his dirty fucking balls. God, that was like, like two oh, years God, ago. God, not again. That. Not the dirty balls. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I oh. made, so. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was nice definitely. to meet you. Anthony and Shannon, you guys take care. No. And Thank you. Maybe we'll cross paths. If not, it was nice Ab- to meet you. Absolutely, man. Me too. Absolutely. It was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. A bee's hairy butt. <laughs>